You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Welcome to I'm a Doctor, not a podcast, Cinema Geekly Star Trek podcast. It's the Chief Petty Officer, Anthony Lewis, along with the Fleet Admiral, Ben Knight. Ben, hello! Yes, this is definitely the Fleet Admiral, Ben Knight. This is not an ensign who uh, was involved in some sort of body swap thing. And oh! I mean, of course. Um, this is foreshadowing for a future episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ooh, uh, yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, you but are I Ben Knight. We'll have a back. <laughs> we just don't know. I, I don't know where that music is coming from, but it sounds weirdly ominous. Uh, I, I thought it was absolutely ominous. That is weird. Well, oh, it's filed on my computer as ominous music. So oof. that's handy. <laughs> Well, let's hope we don't have to deal with this situation ever again in this episode of the podcast. Uh, as we discuss uh, two episodes of Star Trek Strange New Worlds this week, but we're going to begin with episode four, Memento Mori, which is in fact not a Harry Potter spell. I thought it was. I guess it's not. Uh, it's a, supposedly it's it's not. It's a, uh, I feel like it could have been, but you know, whatever. Fine. It's, it's an episode of Strange New Worlds. We're going to talk about it. Uh, the Enterprise crew uh, attempt to deliver a nuclear-powered AP-350 air filter to a Federation colony because, man, uh, that is a classic Star Trek episode trope, if I've ever heard one. Although I often think when you get episodes like that of, you know, the introduction and the um, the mission, the five-year <laughs> mission of that ship. Yes. Uh, I didn't think it was to deliver spare parts for aircon units. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, five years is a lot of time. Every now, like sometimes it's going to be like we need to make first contact. Sometimes it's going to be we got to fight the Klingons. We need to re, yeah, we need to refill a vending machine. And <laughs> yeah, so, sometimes the colony, the colony on on Beta Prime needs uh, an air conditioning filter, and <laughs> sometimes you know who are you going to call? Right? Uh, we've we just with this. They're a jack of all trades, this Enterprise crew. Um, but on their way, uh, when they get there, when they get to the colony, they find many of the colonists dead. And it's Which not looking... Like a good moment for... <laughs> yes, that would have been a good moment for that. Uh, Security Chief La'an Noonien Singh helps evacuate the survivors. And then, in the midst of this evacuation, recognizes what's happening. And she surmises that this is a Gorn trap. And, of course, she is the only survivor of a Gorn attack in her childhood. And not only is uh, La'an suspecting this, but... It turns out to be true. A Gorn ship attacks and blindsides the Enterprise, doing significant damage with Dr. Mbenga and Nurse Chapel resorting to essentially 21st century medicine in order to treat the wounded, including number one, who uh, is in rough shape. 
Mm. and all of their medical equipment is offline. So they've got, a, you know, the stitches and such. Uh, they lure the Gorn ship into the atmosphere of a brown dwarf star that is uh, sort of being slowly uh, garbled up by a black hole. Uh, and within the mess of what remains of this brown dwarf, both ships, sensors and shields are essentially useless. Spock is able, however, to track the Gorn ship and destroy it. But fascinating. <laughs> three more Spock. You don't have, I'm telling everybody what happened. You don't have to chime in with your thoughts. Um, but three more Gorn ships arrive. Uh, one is hilariously crushed by the pressure of the Brown Dwarf's atmosphere. Clearly not a lot of Gorn scientists on that ship. Uh, Spock mind melds, <laughs> right? Eh, they have those lizard brains. Uh, Spock mind melds with La'an to learn about the Gorn's communication system from her memories as a child. And they use a trick. Uh, they use this information to trick one of the Gorn ships to fire on the other. The Enterprise then warps the hell out of that black hole, uh, temporarily disappearing from view and ejects the destabilizing AP-350 air filter, which explodes and convinces the remaining Gorn ship that Enterprise is destroyed. So they get on out of there and our crew is safe and sound, but a little singed. Uh, what did you think of episode four? So, Strange New Worlds is absolutely now firmly two feet in doing old Star Trek, isn't it? Absolutely, uh, yeah. And this this was, you know, this was exactly what it should be. You've got a kind of... Yeah, um, kind of like a 2022 balance of terror, sort of, a little bit. Yeah, and, and it, so this point in sort of the, the, the timeline of the Enterprise, uh, the Federation hadn't yet seen, um, as in physically seen the gorn uh right. they were aware of them they are aware of their atrocities mm -hmm. uh and so on and so forth but we are some time away from uh one james tiberius kirk yes. uh, having one of the most hilarious on-screen fights in <laughs> what are you talking um, about ben that is a brutal hand-to-hand -hand combat between two skilled warriors with polystyrene rocks, yeah. um, <laughs> I believe, as the no, one I would mean, say. <laughs> but no, this this is um, this is a, a, a solid solid blow by uh, Strange New World. Absolutely, is, um, you know, it's nicely put together. The Gorn ships. I was a bit concerned as to how they were going to do those when we eventually saw them, but these, yeah. these are good. Um, <laughs> the I did, I did feel that some of the effects were. Like some of them were excellent, some of them were a little bit ropey in this episode, which was a bit yeah, strange. a little bit. Um, although the crushing of that uh, Gorn fighter, I thought was was quite nice. I mean, yeah, there were quite a few little bits of let's just sort of call it liberties taken with um, the science of Trek in this mm -hmm. episode. There were a few things that didn't quite make sense. Yeah, um, but I get the feeling that Strange New Worlds. I don't think they're going to be particularly cavalier with. Um, with that, because obviously one of the things that keeps track, track really is is sort of trying to remain relatively sort of true to its canon. Um, yeah. Because of nerds gonna nerd. Mm -hmm. but, like I did get the feeling that this, and in fact, as we'll come to in the next episode, I do get the feeling that um, they're not feeling <laughs> too constrained by you know absolutely obeying the physics of track. No. Um, so yeah, I mean. There's some odd things. I, I will still to this day never understand why they build um, 
starships with uh, flamethrowers installed on the bridge. That uh, seems like a very strange thing to do, right. but you know, you know, I mean, we saw it in Discovery. It was it, looked, it was really weird. It looked like the set of a Tina Turner video. But, <laughs> I mean, you um, know, there's pressure. It's got to get released. I I don't know. I suppose, uh, but yeah, um, I mean, yeah, there was there was there was plenty to to like in this. I thought um, Pike was absolutely on form in this episode. I think again we see uh, a, a bit more kind of life from the extended cast so uh mbenga and um chapel are both uh you know they, they've got not a vast amount each of them to do but they've they're doing it well you've got her mm -hmm. as sort of continuing to develop we're getting um just a little little bit more sort of peek into you know just sort of all of it basically what i'm really trying to say is that it's become an ensemble piece already yeah and that's exactly what we needed from one of the track properties Absolutely. Uh, in, the, in the current lineup. And this is delivering in in buckets. Mm -hmm. um, the <laughs> the use of the old school medicine um, <laughs> was uh, was sort of quite funny. I was waiting for someone to borrow um, Bones's line about you know barbaric butchery. Yeah, uh, bare when, skins when, and uh, leeches. Absolutely. Uh, mm -hmm. um, but uh, I think they, yeah, they they managed to just stay away from using that line. Although I'm going to guess it was in a draft of that script at some point. Almost certainly, yeah, yeah. I mean, they love themselves an Easter egg, and I've mm. given up. By the way, I'm not going to talk about the Easter eggs in this episode because there's fucking hundreds. Yeah, um, you know, and but yeah, they're they're all there to see. They're all quite good fun. Yeah, um, I did quite like the use of the transport tube sort of device, and the, there were, there were some. I don't know. There was quite a lot of. I don't know. It always felt like the Gorn. They were kind of a thrown away character in in Trek. Really, they were a bit Basically. hard to because, you know, I mean, I think really after that fight scene, mm -hmm. um, Star Trek effectively fuck all to do with the Gorn because yeah, they have like there's a there's a Gorn in uh, an episode of Enterprise in the Mirror Universe. Yeah, um, and we see them in uh, online. Uh, which, as yeah. I say, is they were the close enough. They were the main villains in the Star Trek PlayStation Three video game based off of the JJ Verse movies. So yep, absolutely, uh, yep. and you know, these days we have the the tech to do the Gorn properly. So oh sure. sure, I was almost hoping we we would get to see them because I would imagine well, they'd have quite quite a cool design. But well, this is the thing. I, I do wonder. I mean, I know that they're not sort of going to be looping back all the time to um mm -hmm. you know the same stories because they are trying to do the strange new world thing but um i do wonder whether the sort of dark mysterious gorn are possibly being sort of lined up as sort of big bads for for this show this yeah franchise yeah they've been brought up uh, several times yeah, and, and I'm kind of here for it because, uh, as I say, one, yeah, there's not a massive amount of canon about them. No. Nope. Um, that they get referenced a lot in, mm -hmm. in the course of the track, but you very rarely see them, which, of course, fits in with the idea that they're pretty elusive. Um, but they are, uh, as far as we know at present, they are, you know, they're a m merciless, cold-blooded, um, deeply uh, uh, sinister um, species. And yes. It's really odd that you know, and that's a good combination of things. It's you know, it's what made the, the Borg so um, compelling. Yes. Um, so I would quite like to see a bit of that. 
Um, in terms of the, uh, the the sort of the general issues of the episode, I mean, you know, it, I I mean, I've, I've said before, I'm slightly biased because Anson Mount is just... Uh, um, is great. I mean, in, inappropriate to use the term DILF, but, you know, it's not a lie. <laughs> um, but, he, he, you know, it makes it so much easier to feel like that about Anson Mount when he is also fucking tremendous as mm-hmm. Christopher Pike. He's and, great. And he is. You know, I mean, this is, I think, probably, probably his best episode for me so far. Um, and that's, you know, that's a pretty high level of, of, uh, of, of sort of... Um, a standard really and the the exchanges between him and spark are um are, are becoming more and more beautiful i mean there's a you know the sort of unwritten communication between them um is is quite joyful to watch there's a lot of good screen chemistry from this cast and again when you look at what's made star trek uh, successful where it has been over the various franchises mm-hmm. um the more chemistry you see with the uh the crew, the more successful the show is. Um, because, and, he, and people would say, oh, yeah, hang on a minute, but everyone hated Shatner. Well, first of all, that wasn't always so. And secondly, um, even when that sort of became so, actually, it, again, it was an ensemble piece, so the you know the, the chemistry between the rest of the crew or between Shatner and the ones that didn't hate him uh, was you know was, was still part of what made it successful. Uh, it's why TNG... Um, you know, was was so compelling, and the characters are so deeply loved by people from Next Gen. Um, it is because of you know that there's a spectacular screen chemistry there between pretty much all of them. Um, so yeah, I mean, really, this is uh, this is great. The the only thing I found slightly curious was um, the I, I like the fact that they're obviously using a lot of the original series sound effects on Strange New Worlds. Tons. Um, we get way more, more of it in the next episode too. But oh yes. yeah, absolutely, including one of my favorites. But um, but no, in this one we've got a sort of um, when they do the whole kind of submarine type sound effect uh, thing when you've got the you know the ships sort of beginning to creak and stuff under the yeah the pressure in the in the sort of the, the spinny bit around the, the black hole yeah. Um, that's I I found it ever so slightly too submariney. I mean, yeah. obviously that was the sound. You know, that, I'm guessing that was the set of sounds that they used. They they borrowed. Yeah, the especially the stuff that like Nick Meyer wanted for like Wrath of Khan when they were in the mm-hmm. the Mutara Nebula. Like they really wanted that like underwater submarines passing each other on different depths. Tension, claustrophobia, yeah. tension. Yes, absolutely. Which is which is great, but I, I, I if I'm if I'm going to be critical of anything, I would say that was slightly. I don't know. It wouldn't have taken much to do something a bit different with that sound. Yeah, um, they, which, yeah, kind of sci-fi it up a, a little bit. Effect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but as I say, when I'm picking a sound effect and going, oh, that could have been a bit better. Mm. I mean, if that's all I've got. Yeah, like, you're nitpicking like crazy. I really am. Yeah, like a true Trek fan. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> So what did you make of it? Uh, I thought this was a really good episode. Uh, this is like a, I think a step up from uh, the Ghost of Illyria episode, which, mm. you know, wasn't it, like I had enjoyed all three episodes up until this point, but it was sort of like on a bit of a sliding scale. Like I had not enjoyed anything as much as I enjoyed the first. And uh, this was a completely different sort of original series sort of Trek trope, which is, 
you know, encounter a villain. You never really get to see the villain, uh, that sort of thing. It's not because they couldn't show them here, although in the original show. The whole I, terror thing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, although there was some communication there with the the Romulan commander. But, I mean, there were times where they couldn't show something or they could show very little of something because of budgetary constraints or whatever. But they sort of make it work for the, for the story. Like, they could have made a Gorn or many Gorns for this episode, but they didn't. Uh, they... They kept everything uh, the way that they did, and it felt very tense and exciting. I think they handled this very well. I mean, I guess I should have realized this would have been an exciting episode when it begins with them transporting an air filter to the Federation colony. Like, it can only go up from here, guys. Uh <laughs> so, uh, and they did. They exponentially, this got more exciting as it went on, and... You know, they Pike won by using what he knew about the Gorn from La'an to his advantage, right? She kept telling him, like, they're relentless, like, to a fault. And he's like, let's use that against them. Like, let's use, you know, their own ambition uh, to get out of this situation. And really, they sort of get out of it by... Um, you know, they don't really get out of it by fighting their way out. They get out of it by sort of thinking their way out. And, uh, you know, that's great track. Uh, you know, this wasn't like some deep, you know, there wasn't anything sort of, there wasn't any sort of deep meaning to this or something to walk away from this episode with. But it was just a fun action adventure episode that they did, I think, very, very well. So, yeah, yeah quite happy with this. What, what did you give episode four? Um, it got, uh, oh, I've written two scores then. I don't know which one's which, mm -hmm. but actually it doesn't matter so much. Um, this got a four and a quarter from me. Oh, um, excellent. Yeah, score, score very high. I, I was just quite taken with it as an episode. Mm -hmm. um, I gave it a four. So, yeah, we're on the same page. This was quite good fun. And more stuff like this, please. Uh, mm. Although the next episode is not like episode four. Episode five is very different from episode four. Uh, we're going to talk about that right now. It's called Spock Amok. Uh, the Enterprise is at Starbase One, undergoing repairs from the Gorn attack. And uh, the crew is going to go on shore leave. Uh, number one and La'an Nuni and Singh are not really going on shore leave. Uh, but they do apprehend two ensigns conducting an unauthorized spacewalk and it's they learn that it's part of a popular game among the lower ranked crew called enterprise bingo and uh they discover their own reputation as sort of joyless fun killers they try the game out for themselves and succeed spock meanwhile finds himself frustrated in furthering his relationship with tapring they undertake a special mind meld ceremony, but accidentally Freaky Friday the shit out of each other and swap each other's Catras. Uh, Spock, that basically that means Spock, Spock's mind is in Tapring's body, Tapring's mind is in Spock's body. With uh, hilarious consequences. And they do, in fact, ensue. 
Uh, Spock attempts to carry out T'Pring's job of convincing a lapsed Vulcan to return to logic, only to resort to subduing him by punching him in the face. And Admiral Robert April calls Pike and T'Pring in Spock's body to negotiate a treaty with the Rongovians, a race known for their radical empathy, who are considering allying with the Federation, but are also thinking about joining with the Klingons or the Romulans. Pike figures out that the Rongovians' motives are blunt and explains them, convincing the Rongovians to sign the treaty. Also, Dr. Umbenga and Nurse Chapel use medical technology to help Spock and T'Pring return to each other's uh, bodies in the proper fashion, uh, and the two consummate their relationship. Uh, ben, what did you think of episode five? I had a fucking blast with this episode. So much fun. Um, I mean... This was um, exactly what I wanted to see. I don't want to see this as one note. I don't want to see this every time. I want to see it. Um, I want to see it exactly in this sort of dose. You know. Yes, so, this was perfect. Yeah, I mean, Easter eggs are go go in this episode. I mean, it literally was almost entirely made of Easter eggs. Yeah, so, I mean, it started yeah. immediately with the mm-hmm. Amok time. They basically recreated it almost. Everything yeah, from, I mean, like, the washboard of bells to uh, the weapons to the fight the theme. Shirt. Well, even the shirt rip is exactly yes! in the same way as it is in that as well. I mean, like, everything, yeah, everything about this was um, was done. In the, the, the theme, as you say, the um, the thing they use is a slightly newer version of it, but it's it's clearly the same bit of music. And it's and it's old track music, you know, it's it's got that style to it. Um We've got the the the, the Simon Grayson moment. Uh, yeah, we see uh, Spock as human Spock, um, which uh, which was fun. We've got the um, I mean, the, the, oh God, I, literally, it, there's so much in here. Um, the oh, my favorite sort of weird bit was um, we finally seen that the fashion has caught up with the the wraparound um, green outfit for Pike. Yes, uh, which of course Kirk wears countless occasions a lot of times in tos yeah yeah um my favorite sound effect is back uh the um the door bleep thing from the from the airlock ah yeah yeah which is fun enterprise bingo let's just talk about it so (laughs) i paused it i managed to get a few Mm -hmm. um but uh let me have a look so what have i got uh Use transporter to reflavor gum, which we obviously had. Uh, the science of which is baffling, isn't it? Yes. Uh, phaser stun duel. Uh, turbo lift two floor shout challenge. <laughs> um, set the universal translator to Andorian. Uh, <laughs> medical tricorder challenge Vulcan marsupial, which of course is a reference to um, Voyager. Uh, the yes. Thing when Dr. Zimmerman does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the food replicator challenge, and it just says current fruit. Um, and I, I think that's all, that's all I got. That's all I got. Um, I mean, it feels so lower decks that whole concept. And you know, I like the fact that they're making clear that lower decks is is absolutely part of canon. Um, yeah, it's you know, there's something very fun about that. Um, there's also, I mean, there's just so many things in here. Um, the let's talk about the sort of ensemble of casting and, and performances so you know christine chapel continues to be just superb yes um 
Mbanga has started to become a bit more interesting as, as the episodes have gone on and mm-hmm. it continues. Apparently, it began to fly fishing, which I did not see that for him. But, <laughs> you know, oh, the hat. I loved it. Excellent. I loved it. Um, yeah, I, I'm. Oh, the biggest surprise is our transporter chief is mean. I didn't see that for him. I'm not at all. They're like, you have to report mm. to Chief Kyle. And they're like, no, not him. He's horrible. I'm like, what, that little guy? That little nice guy? Like, we're going to be keeping an eye out for him. Because, like, I don't know. I think they're just dropping shade on him here. Right? um, It could could just be Chief Kyle Slander. Yeah. I think it probably is. I think there's a bit of a campaign against him on that ship. Anyway, um, much like on the Orville. Indeed. started again. It Um, is. But anyway. I know. Uh, So, (laughs) not in the UK, of course, and therefore I haven't watched it. No, of course not. The... Uh, yeah, so talking about the storyline of this episode, um, again, we're in, you know, pretty classic Trek, but one of the other types of classic Trek, if you like. Um, we've got the the A-plot of this is, um, it, it's, well, it's, you know, it, it's almost, it's sort of halfway bridging between um, yeah, I feel like the series Trek and TNG, actually. Yeah. That. And, and I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't too ridiculous it felt like it had um a a sort of old school track resolution in terms of um, yes you know understanding the the empathy point and and so on um you know there was there was quite a lot going on in this episode as well mm-hmm. uh oddly i mean it's 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 strange that it you know if you were asked to sort of pin down the things that happened you could pick probably the, the headlines but there yeah. was there was a lot going on i mean the 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 the, the the comic relief of number one and Ninian Singh, um, <laughs> fucking about basically, yes, uh, was was very enjoyable. But then so was the comedy that exists between um, uh, between Spock and Prang. So yeah, like and and again the relationship between Spock and um, Chris Pike is is beautiful in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really, the, there was very little to. Um, the sort of raise an eyebrow at in terms of yeah uh, in terms of any sort of issues with it i i yeah. enjoyed it from start to finish were there sort of things that i think the story could have been told marginally better maybe but mm-hmm. like it's their story um yeah there were some slightly odd slightly clumsy bits of of dialogue but i think that's sort of inherent or at least you could write it off as being part of the you know the awkwardness of the situations in which the dialogue is used so, yeah i think so um not in love with the solar sail on the rangavian ship but equally i presume that's a reference to cisco's thing about the oh that was a bajoran ship actually wasn't it so no, yes it's not that um you know i mean there was there was just so much that was fun and what i really liked about this is that this episode uh i don't immediately know its runtime off the top of my head i could look it up but i can't be asked um what i did note about it was that like it flew by absolutely um, and i think this was like 50 minutes or so right okay because i i would have i would have suggested it was shorter than that so i'm, I'm impressed i mean yeah it's it, zipped it, it does zip and you know that's good you know there is a reason why the expression is uh leave the audience wanting more mm-hmm. because at the end of this rep- episode i was like oh damn i was watching that you know yeah um and there are times in well, let's just say other parts of the track franchise uh, franchises particularly uh, the you know the more recent ones where i've watched an episode and kind of just felt oh, is it oh, are we nearly at the end uh, um mm-hmm. 
I, that, that, yeah, this this episode could have been twice the length for me, and uh, I would have enjoyed it. Yeah. I think the real revelation, though, is that, um, I mean, Spock has a a sort of faintly ridiculousness, a ridiculous sort of element to him, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gaia Sandu playing um, to Prang, yeah, it, her sort of you know dry comedy that obviously Spock is sort of. I guess famous for yeah. watching her performance alongside uh, Ethan Peck. Mm-hmm. I mean, who who knew that they were so good at yeah. comedy? Um, I feel like the exchange over the decoration in the uh, in the quarters. I yeah absolutely enjoyed. It had a it almost felt like it wouldn't have been out of place in something like the Orville, but it, it mm-hmm. just stays the right side of dry. Yeah, um, which I have to say, you know, old Trek didn't always stay there neither did next gen neither did well neither did any of them at, at times not really so, no you know yeah i mean it, it this this was uh, you know like you said with the previous episode more of this please yeah more of this too this this yep. was superb for me and again th- this cast is i think it's rapidly finding its way into into people's hearts as a cast and mm. you know that's given that this was one that people were excited about but really apprehensive um mm-hmm. i mean I think that's just fantastic stuff. Yeah. Um, I've got a big problem with this episode, Ben. Uh, yeah. I've got... Uh, this troubles me. Uh, my problem with this is it's too good. <laughs> the show is too good. Um, this show precedes the original series in chronology. Mm-hmm. But when I watch these episodes, especially this one, where people get to let loose a little bit and we get to see a little bit more of their fun side of their personality, uh, all of this stuff. All I could think about afterwards is like, can we like retcon like TOS out of canon? Can like, can these guys just keep doing it? Because they're way more likable. I mean, and look, don't get me wrong. Leonard Nimoy, his role is iconic. I love, love Bones. Love Mm -hmm. Dr. McCoy, DeForest Kelly's depiction. Tremendous. Um, I'm I'm not like a Kirk fanboy. Like Picard's my captain. Sorry, older people than me. Um, But uh, like to me the most interesting characters are always bones and Spock and their friendship was always more interesting to me than Kirk and Spock's friendship. Um, I love, I, the relationship between Spock and Pike feels like a million times better than the one. I mean, I guess there's a reason Spock was willing to, uh, commit, uh, treason and uh, he was willing to commit mutiny for Pike and he never did that shit for Kirk. So um, <laughs> I think that says that. Uh, but uh, they, I, like all of the relationships on here, like I know that this show has to end relatively soonish because there's only like three years in between where we're at now and when TOS mm-hmm. starts. And it's like, I don't want it to end like, I want this but to that's keep only, going. That's only three years in in their 
um, in their timeline. I mean, yeah, you could you stretch know, that to theory, multiple seasons. Yes, I was about to say that's that could be over a thousand episodes. Yeah, you don't have Daily to do... goings on on the end. Yes, like you don't have to do one season equals one year, which I feel like they sure. do do that a lot. But yeah, um, they don't have to. It's just it's this is so much. I mean, they did sort of find their footing with the original characters, but not until they got into the movies and. Um, like the elements were there in that show, but the characters on this show are vastly more likable. Uh, I relate to them more. I, you know, like when you see them, I feel like the key is like when you're watching it, you're like, I want to be on that ship. Like I would like to hang out with these people. Yeah. Shit. That's exactly it. Cause that was, I don't know, but well, we're similar age. So yeah, like, like my whole thing with Trek Mm-hmm. Uh, in 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 that era, the original series, who were growing up watching it, yeah, was you know I I would you know I'd make myself a little um, <laughs> enterprise console, uh, out sure, of, you know, cardboard or whatever, yeah, um, and yeah, it, it felt like yeah it, it, yeah there was a whole kind of thing of I I want to be on the enterprise, and, and that's right. kind of been missing from a lot of track. I never had that feeling with DS9. I mean, DS9 had its other advantages, definitely, but that was never... Yeah, DS9 never made me want to feel like I want to be there, but only because that place seemed so dangerous all the time. Uh, Yeah. Voyager occasionally did it. Yeah. Um, Next Gen... Next Gen did it for me a lot, actually. Um, Right. But this has has a real pull to it. I mean, the characters are... Like, I would love to be around these people. Like, Mm. this just seems like a good place to find oneself. And uh, there's just, yeah, there's something about the chemistry with this this cast. They are tremendous. The firing, I mean, we're only five episodes in, and it feels like they've already got a very good handle on who these characters are, which is very impressive uh, for any show, but especially Trek, which is sort of famous for like, oh, once they hit the third season, they'll find their uh, they'll find their gear, um, which turns I mean, out to I've be been quite bitching about, isn't it? Yeah, is that, you know this. I mean, Discovery is the worst offender in terms of. You know, it feels like they've still not really found people. their gear. Yeah, no, they haven't. I mean, the the show's found its yeah found its sort of nature, but the. The cast of Discovery, the wider crew, yeah. I still don't really give much of a crap about most of them because we haven't. We don't really know anything about them. Anything yeah, about not them. really. Yeah. Um, so, but they've they've nailed that on Strange New Worlds. Yeah. Let's talk about Spork and uh, to Pringles over here. Uh, so <laughs> they are. <laughs> I loved that they did both things I was expecting here, which was one. Of course, like they are struggling mightily to pretend to be the other person because, of course, for the LOLs, um, you know, like their one person calls him Captain, the other person calls him Chris, and they get confused as to what they should be calling him based off of what body they're in. Uh, but also, I love that they kind of do the joke that he can't tell at first because Vulcans are so kind of. Uh, rigid and single-minded that he couldn't really tell. That's that's Chris Pike being racist, actually. Yeah, right? Right? Mm. Like, not all Vulcans. Vulcans are all the same to him. (laughs) 
Yeah. But at first he couldn't tell. And I'm like, that is kind of funny. Like, of course, like they're both very logical. They both speak in kind of this monotone esque fashion. And he could not tell at first. Uh, I love that they just have to come out and tell people like, look, this is what happened. We freaky Friday ourselves. And uh, which unfortunately did not use that terminology, but I wish they would have. Um, I like their slight panic. I mean, Vulcans don't panic. But not really, but for them. When the door goes and it's like a, a yeah. oh, this is awkward type moment. I, I thought, well, that was, <laughs> yes. That was surprisingly well done given that. How will know, we explain this? Yeah. Yes. Um, the Rangovians. This is interesting to me. Uh, mm. First off, uh, it looks like a species that evolved from fruit stripes gum. Uh, I, I don't know if you have fruit stripes over in England. I'm but, aware of it, yeah. Uh, they look precisely like fruit stripes gum. Uh, <laughs> and there was gum in this episode. And to be fair, it was about rejuvenating the taste of the gum, which uh, if you've ever had fruit stripes, you know that that, uh, that taste disappears within like 30 seconds of you start chewing. So uh, it's blissful for 30 seconds, but then it's just immediately gone. Um, anyway, the Rangovians, they have skin that looks like that. And, uh, that's the first thing that came into my mind. I apologize to all Rangovians, uh, and everybody living on Rangovania. Do you know what? It's mm. fine. They know how you feel. They do. They're radically empath uh, empathetic, uh, people, which immediately I'm like, I'm interested in these people because I'm a big fan of radical empathy. And, you know, it's interesting. This this was never going to work. Like, of course, they're open to talking to the Klingons and the Romulans. Any radically empathetic person would be willing to give anybody a shot, willing to see things from their perspective. But I'm like, you know what, you guys, like, you're not going to see how to die with the Klingons or the Romulans. <laughs> like, that's not going to work out. Like, you might be empathetic towards them, but they, you know, uh, you might approach them and the Klingons may, you know, they may sign a peace treaty with you or they may conquer and eat you. It really just, it's up in the air. Well, we saw the back of a head of a Klingon and um, yeah. it was interesting that they... Look definitely more wolf-like. Mm -hmm. uh, shape. This is a good idea. Is all I'm going to say mm -hmm. about it. It's a good idea. Mm -hmm. uh, let's go back to that. It's just the uniformity is good. It's a good thing. Um, yes. But uh, you know the the solution to their problem was Pike's like maybe we should just be radically empathetic towards them. Maybe we should try to look at things from their perspective. Like let's let's just give it a shot and approach it from there instead of trying to negotiate back and forth. Let's just look at it strictly from their point of view. And I'm like, "Wow, what a novel concept. Imagine the things we could accomplish in this world if we were to stop thinking selfishly for a minute about like what could this what could be in it for us and maybe just look purely at another person's point of view and try to imagine what they're thinking or what they're going through it'll never catch on yeah no it's a terrible idea uh mm. but it worked here they raised the flag of the federation which of course they happen to have on hand i suppose uh oh. for just such an occasion um and uh yeah it's sort of like you know the bringing Stanley cup to, you know, game, game five of the Stanley cup playoffs. Like maybe, 
mm-hmm. a team is going to win. So we were bringing the cup just in case, but maybe it goes to like a game six and we have to take the cup away. But, you know, in case they win, the cup's got to be there. So I'm sure they brought this flag just in case uh, this. Uh, yeah. This uh, joining of the federation case, turned out peace breaks out mm-hmm. yeah. in case peace in case peace breaks out and you know of course the Rangovians they sign up and then you know in true Star Trek fashion we'll never see them ever again but um, they are now a part of the federation uh, so yeah this was this was all good fun this uh, everybody letting loose then the number I mean I really liked the start the Enterprise Bingo stuff was fun but mm-hmm. honestly. I like that they showed before they got into this enterprise bingo thing. I like that they showed, you know, they're not like they are not where fun goes to die. They have their idea of fun and clearly it's who gets to play bad cop when it comes to uh, conducting interviews with these, uh, with these ensigns and clearly the preferred method is bad cop because like Laan gets bad cop and number one's visibly like, aw. Uh, <laughs> so uh, they were having fun. You know, it's just, you know, not the, the, the cruise version of fun. But uh, the Enterprise Bingo stuff was was quite a bit of fun as well. Like all that of that was stuff lovely. was there was so much good stuff in this episode. Um, just a great, great episode. Can't can't yeah. praise it enough, Ben. Um, what would you give Spock a mock? I'm gonna be bold and say that this gets four and three quarters. Oh me. yes, okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, did I go too high giving this four and three quarters? I will find mm-hmm. out. But the answer is nay. I gave it uh, a, a proper score. Uh, this is excellent. Uh, one is. of the best, yeah. uh, for sure. Uh, so. That leaves me in a place of excitement. I presume this was sort of like the break. We had like a very exciting, tense episode, and we sort of broke that up with uh, some fun. And uh, based off of the episode title for next week, I presume we're we're going back to less fun. Um, yeah, crikey, but, what a um, ominous episode title. Yes, but we shall see where it leads us. Uh, so, in the meantime, head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. Of course, this is a listener-supported podcast, and there are a couple of ways you can support us if you would like. We have uh, a Patreon, patreon.com slash cinemageekly. We have our merchandise store, um, geeklymerch.com. Uh Ben, Ben's not on the jingle, uh, but that's okay. I, I, I was, it wouldn't play. I'm sorry. Did you mean geeklymerch.com? Sat there hovering the bloody button and it wouldn't work. That is what I meant. Yes. Uh, when I when I said geeklymerch.com, it was supposed to come out in that sing-songy way, but it was. My throat was a little dry. Fascinating. <laughs> it would have been indeed. Yeah. Uh, indeed, Mr. Spock. Um, okay. So uh, links for those are in the next week. <laughs> links for those are in the show notes for this episode and of course you can find us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher spotify and audible just search for i'm a doctor not a podcast and that way you can hear us talk about more strange new worlds season one episode six called lift us where suffering cannot reach <laughs> <laughs>